Hello everyone. We are live. Uh, we have Anshuman with us today. He is the co-founder of uh, Scalar, and he has previously worked with uh, Mark Zuckerberg directly in Facebook. And today we are going to be discussing about uh, is doing masters from US the right call? Any initial thoughts on Anshuman? Uh, and welcome. Uh, thank you so much for the, uh, taking this session with us. Th- thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Mohit, for hosting me. Uh, very very glad to be here. Um, and also, I mean, this is a topic very close to my heart. I have seen and counselled so many people now on the to do the masters or not to do the masters topic that I now have a lot of data points to also share. So, so I, I hope like uh, as we discuss, this session would be very very useful to you. Um, feel free to again ask questions during the session. Happy to to take questions and then answer those questions. Alright, Mohit, what's to you? Uh, let me know. Uh, yeah, so uh, any initial thoughts on uh, whether doing masters is the right call? Maybe talk about uh, the typical reasons that you think. Uh, you know, we sure. have spoken to multiple people. What are the typical uh, thoughts that people echo uh, while while they are you know communicating with, uh, about this topic? Right, right, right. So I, I encounter across. I mean, I encounter majorly two kinds of people. High level two buckets. One people who want to do masters in the U.S. because they aspire to get a job in the U.S. So masters then becomes a gateway to uh, get into a job in the U.S. Or the second persona is people who are very interested in doing research, and uh, uh, there is certain kind of research, there is certain kind of um, work that is happening with certain universities, and therefore they want to go and do research there. I would address both one by one. Uh, if let's say you belong to the first category. You you actually aspire to settle down in uh, in the United States, and therefore you are wondering whether doing masters makes sense or not. Um, the answer comes as I mean, there's a flowchart to that answer. So masters is one way of going and like settling down in the U.S., but there are a bunch of risks associated with it. There is a very high cost associated to it. There are other paths as well. Um, so I'll, I'll maybe. Break it down into personas, and uh, I would talk about like whether it makes sense or not. Persona one, let's say um, you're somebody who hasn't graduated from a great college, so the college in India at least doesn't have a great brand name, and today you work with an employer which is employer that's also not a great concentration of talent. Right? So um, uh, if you come with that combination. One of the bets is, hey, look, if I go and do a master's in the U.S., that helps me reset, and a lot of companies would then consider me for interviews in the Silicon Valley or in 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 other parts of of U.S., and therefore I would be able to get a job there. That thought process makes sense. However, just like uh, one pointer there, that your um, college brand or employer brand can easily be reset by another employer as well. For example, imagine your colleague. Um, works hard, prepares, and is somehow able to get to a well-known employer that has high concentration of talent. For example, let's say, let's say uh, a Microsoft or Adobe or Amazon or Google. If they are able to get there, then that becomes the brand identity. Nobody would ever ask you what college you came from. Um, people wouldn't care, actually, to be honest. And in that case. If if that company has a uh, office in the U.S. a headquarters in the U.S., 
it is possible for you to create a path for yourself where you get taken internal transfer to the united states that helps you if you are able to do that that helps you save on the opportunity cost opportunity cost means that for a period of time when you're doing the masters or preparing for masters you won't be working and therefore you won't be earning so in that period the money that you lose by not earning that you save on plus doing masters in the us is reasonably expensive um the average cost including the fees including the hostel and stay fees plus including your expenses would somewhere be around 80000 to 100000 for for doing the masters unless you are in very very heavy scholarship uh and if that is the case that's a that's a decently high amount that's uh that's probably how much a lot of good paid software engineers make in a year um in india it will take you a lot of time to to make that money right so um the opportunity cost of doing masters from us is very very high and therefore um if you actually have a path if you can create a path for yourself where you are able to get to great companies and therefore offset or reset your brand and then move to the us from there that might be a better option if you're able to do it um if not then obviously masters is always on the table the second part um or the second category of people that i usually talk to is uh people who who already are working at decent employers right like for example sometime back i talked to somebody who was working at target uh, target is also a us based company fairly high concentration of talent uh if you belong to that persona if you're thinking about masters there i would ask you to seriously reconsider um if you want to do masters only for the reason of getting a job in the us i would ask you to seriously reconsider maybe maybe getting into an amazon or a microsoft or an adobe kind of company and then seeking an internal transfer might be an easier route for you uh instead of actually having to go through the hoops in fact uh or even getting into the likes of uh Facebook or Twitter in in Europe or London and then going from there to US might be an easier path. Uh masters is might or might not be worth worth it depending on like where you are with your personal finances. So those are the two people that I talked to in the first category. Um the second persona is people who want to go to uh do masters because they are very very keen on research. there also it is very important to understand that masters is of two kinds there is a ms by course and ms by research if you're keen on research maybe look for colleges that offer ms by research because there there is a definitive path to actually um, contribute to research papers uh transition over to a phd if if at all that makes sense and then obviously like jobs etc drive post all of this but if your keen interest is in research and i completely agree that there is a lot of really good work happening in companies in the US, sorry in in uh, universities in the us and therefore it might make sense to do that um, but do make sure that you're then going for what you want you're going for ms by research and not ms by course not all universities offer ms by research so th- those are my initial thoughts mohit um we, i i'm happy to dig deeper into um <laughs> into sure. the thesis and then said sure, sure. uh, So you spoke about masters by research. Any recommendations on Ivy League colleges or non-Ivy League colleges, uh, specifically for masters? Should people only choose Ivy League colleges, or are there any uh, non-top tier uh, kind of colleges that people can look for? 
Right, so a, a lot of cutting edge research work actually happens mostly at Ivy League colleges. Um, um, and, and to be honest, just like in India, you have tier two and tier three universities. US also has the same. Not all universities are great. Not all universities are doing great work and have great faculty. Um, for example, there is a video on YouTube on Trump University. If you find that, please go and watch. You'll you'll understand that there is a, a similar ecosystem there as well. So. Um, I would say, like, uh, if you want to do research, maybe go to places where there is high concentration of people like you, who are also equally keen on research, and there is actually the right facilities and the right amount of problem statements that that those uh, universities are solving. Mostly, Ivy League colleges are are there. Um, there are other colleges where there is very high concentration of Indians. However, I mean, again, uh, they might not have a very great. Research research program. Those are mostly course programs that help you transition into a great job within within the US. So I won't name Okay, okay, uh, no issues. Uh, we'll take one audience question, which uh, seems relevant. So he get, uh, he's getting a scholarship at an average school in US, and um, assuming that he uh, the living experience are covered by part time, should he go to uh, go for masters or? Should he Right, right. Uh, look, I mean, if, if if you're getting in an average school in the US, again, the first question which I would ask is, um, that is not the only path. There are two paths to compare. So just do a pros and cons analysis on whether it makes sense to spend, let's say, next six months, nine months, uh, preparing for jobs and being able to get into one of the kind of companies which would, which which can offer you that path. If let's say you you decide, hey, look, I mean, maybe that. Is a low confidence path for me. I want to take the higher confidence path, which is getting into an average school of US. Uh, there, you should just, I mean, scholarship or not, maybe just uh, compute what is the cost of doing that scholarship. Sorry, cost of doing that masters. Cost of doing the masters is not only the cost of your masters and the living expense. It is also the money you are losing out because you're not working during this period. If then it makes sense. Sure, go. I mean, again, the the choice is very personal. The the decision varies from person to person. Depends on your financial condition as well. Um, if you, for example, if you don't come from a very well-to-do fam family financially, I wouldn't advise to do that because the risk is, if you go do a masters, and let's say you're not able to figure out a job there, then you'll have to come back to India. I mean, the the visa post your masters lasts for a few months in which you have to figure out a job. Uh, if you don't, then you have to come back to India. And if you come back to India with that huge loan, it will take you a lot of time to pay back that loan from an, with an Indian job because currencies are different, right? Here you earn an INR, there you earn an USD. So very personal decision. I would say like just maybe create an Excel sheet with pros and cons chart. You have two options. Uh, one is a shorter path of maybe getting to a great company and then seeking internal transfer there, or the other is going and doing a masters. What are the cost implications? What is time implication? Um, and then what are the risks involved? You compare that side by side, and then you take a decision. Sure. Uh, so you spoke about visa, right? Uh, like visa, you'll uh, if you don't land a job, uh, you'll basically have to right. come back to India. What are the typical visas that Indian can get to be able to work in uh, the US? Right, right, right. Actually, that's a very important question because this is where most people are not very informed. So. Following other kinds of visas, I mean, the the one visa that gets talked about very frequently in news as well as the H-1B visa. H-1B visa is when a company directly hires 
uh, a company in the US directly hires from outside of US and hires the employee for US. In that case, the employee or the person is supposed to get an H-1B visa. H-1B visa has a quota. So every year, the, the government has mandated that there cannot be more than 85,000 H-1B visas that can be rolled out. And however, the number of applications for an H-1B visa are very high. For example, in 2016 or 2015, that number was close to about 4 lakhs. So your probability of getting an H-1B visa uh, after having filled all documentation, after having filled the fees, etc., etc., is is only 20%. It's a once a year process. Either you get visa that year or you don't. So that means if you 80% chance, you might not get a visa that year and then you'll have to wait for the next year. You cannot apply for the visa unless you already have an offer from a company in the US. Now, because the probabilities are so low, companies have slowly stopped hiring directly from outside uh, of US. <coughs> because H-1B visa, the probability is very low. Imagine I'm a company, I, I hire 10 people from outside of the US. Only two people end up joining because, because only two ended up getting visa. That's a very, very bad situation for me, for my planning. Especially also like visas don't get issued immediately. It takes about a six month period to actually pull out the visa. So, um, so that's one. The second is called L1 visa. L1 visa is, let's say I'm already working at a company that has its headquarter in the US. And then the company actually transfers me internally to their US office. In that case, there is no limit and that visa is fairly easy to get. Um, almost zero rejections unless there is a big flag that like, let's say, you have worked on nuclear science in the past, then you get flagged as or blacklisted. Unless that happens, um, you should be able to get uh, L1 visa. And in that case, the one restriction, however, is that if let's say you're working at Amazon and you take a transfer to Amazon US, you can't change employers. You have to stick with Amazon. Amazon, however, the next year after, once you get transferred, they would apply for H1B visa on your behalf just to make sure that when you are resident in uh, US, they get you on H1B. When you do get an H1B, then you can change jobs. <coughs> the third type of visa is um, what is called as uh, J1 or F1 visa. F1, I think F1 is visa, which is, which is what you get post completing a master's from the US. If you complete a master's from the US, then you actually have permission to work on that visa for a year or two. The exact duration, whether it's one year or two year, I'm not completely sure on because that keeps changing. Um, but um, that allows you to work in the US with an employer for a year or two. And then the employer on your behalf applies for an H-1B. If you get that, then you get to stay in the US. If you don't get that, then unfortunately, you'll have to come back. Um, the third visa, uh, sorry, the fourth visa, which is actually very hard to get and is probably the best kind of visa, is uh, called O-1 visa. Uh, O-1 visa is for extraordinary people in their field. So very, very hard to get. Uh, however, if you get that, then there are almost zero restrictions on you. I mean, the, com the, the country is all, is, is, does everything they can to get you in the country, right? So um, a lot of people who are entrepreneurs uh, or people who have done great things in their field, it's easy for them to get an O-1 visa. Um, and that's the best category of visa, but very, very rare for people to get. Um, just one final point there. Uh, in case you're married, then your wife 
कैन ऑल्सो वर्क इन द यूएस इफ यू आर ऑन एल वन वीजा और ओ वन वीजा फॉर एच वन बी और एफ वन और जे वन आई मीन योर वाइफ और योर स्पाउस कैन नॉट आई एम सॉरी आई शुड से वाइफ योर स्पाउस कैन नॉट वर्क इन द यूएस आई सेट वाइफ बिकॉज आई वॉज कंसिडरिंग मी इन दैट सिचुएशन आई डिंग yeah uh one quick point uh, so in h1 uh wife cannot uh, like uh, the spouse cannot work uh but i think if you apply for a green card in that case uh the sp- uh, the spouse can typically work uh, irrespective whether you are on on h1b or uh, l1 correct cool. correct uh so i think uh, there are uh, <laughs> two ways right uh, that you spoke about i'll just summarize uh, that either you get a internal transfer for, uh, working in india maybe uh, work in a company which have headquarters in us and then you can move to us uh the other way is you can probably join uh, somewhere else apart from us because us has a h1b which has a great uh, which has very less probability of getting that visa so are there any other options outside of us uh, and outside of india as well where people can directly apply and uh, you know work there right right so there are bunch of other countries where the the laws of immigration are far far easier as compared to us for example um, getting a job in uh, in most eu countries like for example amsterdam is trying to become this hub uh, for startups so therefore they are very immigration friendly or uh, canada is more friendly than us when it comes to jobs um, or let's say singapore is is again more friendly if you have some experience if you have more than 2 years of experience it's almost a cake walk for you to get a working visa for singapore so there are bunch of these countries where you can actually go and get a working visa for and uh, if the company that you are working for has presence in the us again it's easy for you to then take an internal transfer to the us if you want if your actual goal is to eventually get to the us um there are again certain regions where which are less explored uh, for example uh australia australia has uh, atlassian um canada has offices of facebook google etc um it is possible to actually get to those countries as well um they are again far more immigration friendly as compared to the us right now and there again like you can do take an internal transfer <coughs> and uh what about the salaries is it comparable to uh, like uh, is i i'm assuming it will be greater than india but uh would it be at par with what you can earn in uh, us right 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 so so um actually i i think in terms of pay scale one of the key differentiators amongst regions is like there is a very high variance in the tax rates um Amsterdam has a, a separate policy to to actually give some tax rebate to immigrants but if you look at most other EU nations the tax rates are close to 50 55% 58% um so therefore i mean um, one is a big portion of what you earn sort of goes away um, in the taxes that that also has a bunch of benefits as well for example education and healthcare is free in most EU nations that being said i mean if i just compare the pay scale the pay scale uh, india is actually very uh, <laughs> different country because there is a big variance in pay scale within companies in india for example uh, to a fresh grad uh, a service company would pay anywhere from 2 to 3.5 lakhs per annum um 
whereas like a, a very high paying product company might even pay 30 35 lakhs per annum so there is a 10x gap in the pay scale itself um at at just the starting level and that sort of grows as the as the levels grow as well um so therefore it's very hard to compare apple to apple um salaries of india versus salaries of outside but i would i can give you maybe certain benchmarks um for example a typical job in germany typical software engineering job in germany uh, at a experience level of maybe 2 3 4 years pays about 50000 euros or so which um in indian currency if you just do direct conversion comes out to about 40 lakh however i mean that is not the same as 40 lakh in india because uh, the living expenses would be much much higher for example if you have to uh, take a apartment in india which is 1 bhk or 2 bhk uh, that apartment would rent would be probably 20000 rupees or 30000 rupees in uh, the equivalent of that um, in germany would be 80000 rupees or 90000 rupees so the, as you can see the the expenses are far higher and therefore the actual worth of the same money is different um in general what i have noticed is if you're a good engineer if you are really really good engineer then from a pay scale standpoint it doesn't make sense to actually move to eu countries your value of what you're earning would probably be higher as long as you're working with the right companies in india um very similar thing for uh, singapore and uh, australia and other regions as well us is slightly different um if you however i mean let's say you're currently working in service companies where the pay scale is significantly lower as i said like india is not one size fits all if you are in service companies there if you are able to transition into a job in europe there you will see a significant upside in in the earning potential that you have all right uh, so uh, coming to the uh, you know let's address the elephant in the room how to uh, apply for companies outside india what are the paths apart from masters that we can right. take to uh, you know <coughs> be at those companies right 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 so um, as as with anything i mean there is a direct path and there is an indirect path indirect path is where uh let's say the company that you're working for could be a service company you get an on-site opportunity in in uh in a country outside of india um or if you're in a product company let's say that company actually has a presence in in other places as well that you can actually ask your company if the company is open to give you an internal transfer for example amazon has offices in in uh in in a lot of parts of poland germany um you can ask for an internal transfer there they also have an office in london you can ask for an internal transfer there if there are teams there that match and and they're okay taking you uh so one is uh, uh internal transfer now internal so, transfer different companies have different policies um uh, for example in service companies um if you have to get an on site opportunity on site opportunity is where your client is now if your client is indian your on site is also going to be indian um if your client is let's say european then your um your on site is going to be in europe uh also not everybody gets to go to on site right so um there i mean it depends on whether you get to go to the on site and your where your client is in product companies the first requirement as i said is your company should have a presence there two is uh different companies have different criteria of who can apply for internal transfer for example some companies would say hey look if you are sd2 or higher 
then i would let you take the internal transfer there is already no problem of hiring junior engineers in those regions so then you can take an internal transfer it could also be that the team that you are working with that team is majorly present in another region so therefore they benefit from you coming to that region because then you are more productive and in that case you can also apply for internal transfer uh varies from company to company there is no no clear do this and do that and then like internal transfer will happen however i mean uh, most companies have a designed path to take internal transfer if they have presence in the other country so they, they it is properly feasible it is possible to plan for it uh so that's one which is internal transfer second is um, the more direct path right like can i get hired in a company that is outside of india as well uh there you have to look for companies that are direct fit or direct match for what you are currently good in for example let's say i am an engineer uh, who is very good with react js node js uh, built a bunch of things i've contributed to so many things on github open source and therefore um, um <coughs> i'm fairly decent with problem solving as well now if i come across a company in in amsterdam or um berlin and they are looking for somebody who is who, who has a very similar persona as i do then most probably if you are able to get either a employee referral there which is you ping somebody on linkedin and you ask them or request them to to refer your you internally which then has a higher chances of getting an interview or you apply directly on the career page that might initiate an, an interview process and that might if you get selected then you get to go to uh, that particular country that's that's the more direct path which is either you apply to um, apply directly to the company or you ping uh, recruiters on linkedin or you ask for referrals from existing employees by again pinging them on linkedin mostly uh, that could get you to to the to the company so direct path indirect path both one of the thing that i've noticed uh you know talking to my uh, friends and peers uh, is that uh, the success rate drastically increases if you ping the hiring manager directly apart uh, like recruiters because they get lot of messages <laughs> if you uh, take an extra step towards finding who is the hiring manager for a particular opening uh, use that information and ping that uh, hiring manager directly he'll probably get 30 or 40 messages recruiters on the other hand might get uh bombarded with 200 or 300 messages and always try to make the message crisp and uh start with why uh, they should hire you right uh, write a personalized message don't just uh, drop in your resume and uh, say that hey uh, i'm looking for a job please find suitable openings uh, nobody will do that so uh, go to the career space find a relevant opening for yourself and then maybe uh, write a personalized message that will give lot of six uh, you know a better success rate as compared to the other approach uh, right i have seen a lot of people actually bombard me with um, templated messages where they even forget to change their company names that is the <laughs> i can tell you as as a person hiring that is the biggest turn off because then i mean if you didn't even take the basic courtesy of doing basic research about the company then the reciprocation of interest will not happen right that that is true uh, and uh, if you do a research that will also give you a, give the other person a hint that uh, yes you have done your actual research and you're actually inclined to join there right that is a uh, that is one of the key things that people typically look for uh, that if they give you an offer you will join so uh, that that's uh, one indicator i wanted to add uh, 
in terms of so we have uh, talked about uh, how we can apply in terms of, and we have also uh, given a gist about the living expenses and cost expenses uh, what are the other opportunities uh, that you know you feel are important to address when you know people are looking for uh, jobs outside of india particularly in us or maybe europe or other regions that we have spoken about right right so so jobs jobs in us and uh, uh, universities in us two different topics jobs in us have some upside some some jobs in us have some upside not all uh, one is i mean look i mean if uh, there's certain kind of work that is happening only in in the silicon valley right now for example if you look at most software systems like siri or uh, hey google or uh, there's a lot of research work machine learning work that is happening that is only happening in silicon valley probably the same quality of work is not happening in india and therefore if you want to be part of that then you have to be at the center of where all of this is happening which is uh, the ai labs of most of most of these companies right your amazon facebook apple um, companies that deal google that deal with a lot of scale they are the ones who is who are doing a lot of cutting edge work there if you can get there that's that's great so one is that which is um, you you get access to uh, a lot of quality work in the us you might not get that here in india um the second thing is obviously like if you earn in dollars if you save in dollars um and if you plan to then return to india eventually then you might be able to save a lot more in the us than you can in the same period in in india um so there is an financial upside as well which is um you you'll be saving money in dollars and not in inr um so those are two major uh, upsides for uh, getting a job in the us having opportunity to just uh, um maybe higher quality of work in certain fields it's not again it's not generically true that the quality of work in all companies in the us is going to be better but there are some companies some fields where this great work is happening and the second is obviously like earning in dollars right uh, so you yourself have worked in three regions you've worked in us you've worked in london you've worked in india uh, so what was your experience and your sense of uh, you know the num- in terms of number of jobs and the ease of getting a job in all the three regions right 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 i think the number of jobs are highest in us uh, so the ease of actually finding something in us is is i mean out of the three regions it's probably easiest to get a job in in us in terms of number of jobs india comes after us um and probably london comes the last because oh. london just just this one city and and probably doesn't have the same number of uh, bustling startups and and uh, opportunities that that let's say in india indian ecosystem does um India actually just in terms of number of software developers as well India has a few million software developers London has a few 100000 software developers so there is that just uh, indicates the difference in, in job ecosystem as well um so yeah i mean uh, for the same amount of talent maybe finding a job in us if your soft skills are better is easier in the us than in india and how about uh, london and india uh london um, the number of jobs or maybe the quality of jobs are probably not exactly at par in the sense that a lot of majority of the jobs in london are not for uh, the local ecosystem because the local ecosystem is still small 
they are mostly extension of offices of companies in the US so uh, a lot of jobs in facebook amazon twitter uh, kind of companies uh, that are actually us based and then they have a back office in london and the the reality is the quality of work in headquarter versus a non headquarter office there is always a difference there the uh, the current ecosystem of uh, at least in my understanding the companies that i got to interact with in london uh, is still not at the same scale as let's say the likes of uh, the flipkarts and the swiggies and the zomatos of india yet right. um, we at least in indian ecosystem like these companies have reached a far higher scale than those companies have yet i think primarily because of the uh, number of consumers that they have uh, exactly that's exactly. one of the reasons yeah and um, like because of regulations the software is is heavily heavily regulated in in all eu countries so building a consumer product uh, is slightly harder because of regulations you if you put one wrong step and you're in big legal mess in india things are a little more wild wild west you can do whatever you want <laughs> all right uh so uh, what are the typical risks that uh, you know one should be aware of if someone is either pursuing a job in us or maybe going for a masters right 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 um so if you're going for masters the i think the and again like you're going for masters primarily not because you want to do research but primarily because primarily because you want to get a job in the us uh, apart from the risk that i mentioned which is um, your opportunity cost one biggest risk is what if i don't get a job in uh, in the us right after graduating you actually have a few months of window to find a job in the us once you have graduated from your masters post that you have to return to india and if you don't then one big risk is that then you come back to india with a very heavy financial loan on your head which is not really a good state to be in unless you have your family to support you so that's one risk the second risk is that um i mean both l1 and h1b visas are are sort of temporary in nature right for example you get an h1b visa for 3 years you can renew for it for 3 years after that um and then you'll have to apply for a green card before both terms are over um if policies change in between if you're planning for let's say to settle down in the us if policies change or if something happens then your long term plan of settling in the us is in jeopardy um and it's just not a nice feeling uh being in a country where you you might be at risk of being kicked out so uh, so there's that risk as well that you're dependent on visa regulations you're dependent on how your visa journey pans out you're dependent on whether or not you get your green card to actually reside in the us to actually settle down in the us so that's that's another uh, part uh, of the journey um those two are the major thing uh, when right. it comes to job if you're able to get to job then i think the financial piece goes away but then the visa visa piece still stays but cool uh, i think uh, that was a really nice uh, you know uh, session around I, I, and i hope people who are listening one, to one us one other thing that i just want to add yes 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 <laughs> if you are if you're able to find your life partner there who is a citizen okay. then all of this visa thing goes away you get a citizenship of the us and then you can settle in the us yeah i think uh, there's one more uh, 
on the similar lines that if you are if you have a kid uh, in the US then he is by default by birth a US citizen so if Correct. people Correct. want uh, US citizenship for their uh, kids they can plan a kid in the US and, uh, but i think that's there only for US Singapore and uh, UK does not have that Correct, 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 correct. So, yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for the session. Now we'll go to the questions. Uh, there are a lot of questions, nice, good questions uh, in the comment box. So I'll keep on picking one questions and we'll go one by one. Yeah. Sure, sure. Cool. Uh, yeah. So the first question uh, that I can read on my screen is: Is is it worth taking on the huge student loan debt for my masters if I'm working in a service-based company in India? Um, as I said, Rithvik, it is very personal. So therefore, I said like maybe if I was you, if I was in your shoes, where I come from a middle class family, so I don't, I'm not, I can't rely on my parents to to give me a two hundred thousand dollar check. Uh, if if that is the case, then at least what I would try first is is there a way I can create a path for myself to learn the right things and be able to make a switch to a great company within India itself. And then once I have a great employer brand to back me, then that does two things. One is it increases my probability of getting into a, even a better college in the US. It also helps me to, like figure out a path if there is a path to get an internal transfer to the US. So I would say like if um, um, if your purpose is to get to the US, then this would not be my first path, first V zero answer. This would be my backup answer. My first choice answer would be: Can I figure out a path to go get to great companies by learning the right things, and what are what those line, uh, right things are? So, any sense? Uh, maybe a short answer on that as well, uh, since you spoke about skills, learning the right skills as well. So, any uh, suggestions that you want to give to the listeners that uh, hey, this is how you can learn those skills? <coughs> right, right. So, uh, look. I mean, if I just map down what most. Um, Good product companies look for. So they they look for great problem solving skills, data structures, algorithms, system design. Um, there are a bunch of free resources to learn that as well. If you want to do it in a more uh, uh, disciplined setup with other people with regular classes, then Scalar Academy does that. I cannot recommend uh, Scalar Academy enough. I have seen so many journeys. I probably would not have the same confidence six months back or a year back. I've seen so many journeys now. That I can personally vouch for the Scalar Academy program. That being said, um, there are websites like Interview Bit, Lead Code, where you can practice data structures algorithms for for free. You go ahead, check them out, try solving problems there to understand where you stand today. Uh, there are certain materials on system design. I mean, for example, you'll find a bunch of videos on YouTube. There is a course on Educative.io which talks about system design. Please go read that. Uh, there is there are again a bunch of resources on low-level design or design patterns. Uh, so again, if you try searching on the internet, you'll find some free resources lying around. Go and research that, and try to build a good side project on the side, um, which again looks good on your resume. If you can do that, then there is a path to get to great companies. If you're confused, come to Scalar Academy. Scalar Academy has all of this. Lovely, <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for that. Uh, let's take the next question, which is by Shreyash Kulkarni. A uh, person with two years of experience and person with MS degree, whom would companies prefer? Do companies see degree or actual hands-on experience or combination of both? So your experience decides which level you get hired at. If you, if, for example, if I have four years of experience, 
I might get hired as an SD two at Amazon. Um, your um, degree actually is is just helps ease out getting to the interview part. For example, let's say if I graduated from Stanford, I can then go and apply to a Facebook or a Google or an Apple, any company I want, and most probably I'll get back an interview call. Uh, however, my degree will not help me crack that interview. My degree will not increase my probability of getting the offer, um, and my degree will certainly not dictate if I get hired as as SD two. I'll def- I'll only be hired as SD one. Um, so, in fact, Mohit was giving me an example of a friend who was an SD two at Amazon. Uh, he left the job, did masters from the US, and then get got hired as SD one in Amazon. So, um, so I mean, your degree is is not indicative of your. Uh, designation without the degree if you i mean to be honest like the the hardest step of getting the interview cracking the interview and actually then getting promoted the hardest step is uh, either getting promoted and performing well in the job or actually doing well in the interview and to be honest there uh, what you learn matters more so degree paper that paper degree does not matter what you learn matters more so so i mean i would say like think about what helps me learn most because the hardest steps are are those uh, and, and then optimize for that couldn't agree more i i by degree i'm not a software engineer or a computer science engineer my degree is like i did a, a btech in electrical and electronics and i'm doing fairly well so uh, i think the skills uh, that anshuman is uh, is mentioning does matter a lot uh, right uh, so focus on the skills degree is just a piece of paper which will be uh, which will fill your eligibility criteria for a particular job i'll take one more example here so there's a company called gojek gojek is such a huge company that like right now they're merging with tokopedia and they they make up for like 2 to 3% of the gdp of indonesia they are that big uh they have a team in india as well the cto of gojek the person who actually heads all of the tech team Uh, at Gojek, he's he's now just left very recently, but uh, that person was a finance person by background, had no relevance to engineering, had no relevance to coding at all. That person learned learned coding on their own, and then I mean now they became the CEO of Gojek. Right, so uh, skills matter just a lot more than 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 you can imagine. Uh, without the degree without the pedigree maybe you'll face temporary challenges but eventually they'll sort themselves out yeah i think for the research profile you were mentioning right uh, the uh, that research profile uh, you can do research in the companies and then get maybe if you can touch upon that example that sure sure absolutely even even for the research bit um, i mean one of the other misconceptions i've heard from people is that the only way to do research is actually go to a university and do a ms by research or masters or phd from there that is also not true i have had uh, my friends who were my roommates uh, in the us they were at a very similar path i mean and one of them is currently uh, designing the news feed ranking algorithm for instagram one of them is currently working with oculus vr in their day to day life they get to do a lot more of this research thinking and quick implementation and measuring the results than they could have ever done it at at a university um google has uh, their uh, scholar engineers jeff dean sanjay gumawat etc who built out the google search algorithm which today billions of people use 
i i sincerely doubt without the access to that level of traffic that level of data um they would have been able to do that and that was only possible actually working in a real life live setup having access to that information so a lot of good research work happens at companies as well uh, i mean so don't discount that uh, in fact like i would say the best research agencies today are the ai labs at the big 5 big 6 companies uh, in the world i mean they're better than most other universities that are out there uh, no con- no questions at all right Right. Uh, let's go to our next question, which is by Sai. He says, uh, "Is doing uh, masters online uh, worth it?" Uh, there are many platforms which are offering masters from other platforms. I think uh, Coursera also offers by uh, Rice University and all that. Uh, so, doing masters from online universities, uh, maybe foreign universities, is it worth it or is it not worth it? Um. So, in in my opinion, the the online degree that you get the ms that you get doesn't have a lot of value what again has a lot of value is what you end achieving as part of your learning as as a result of that course so the fact that you have an online ms from let's say arizona state university that will not have a lot of uh, implication to the outcome of where you work what will have a lot of implication to where you work is what did you learn in the process um and I mean, I, it's very. It will probably not right for me to comment on the quality and the learning piece yet. I haven't done done those courses. I have met a few people who have, but I mean, in in my understanding, not a lot of people have very life changing outcomes after doing these uh, online MS degrees yet. There there's still pieces to be filled in in those degrees in those courses. And I think uh, one of the benefit that people typically do masters for is that they op- open up the US market. Uh, online uh, MS will not open up US market. You will not get a F1 visa, and hence you will not. You will have to go through the same route of H1B or an L1 visa. So, uh, from a job perspective, also it does not make uh, sense. You'll still be uh, getting the jobs that are available in India. Right. 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 Cool. Uh, let's. Uh, this is interesting. So, which countries compare to the U.S. in terms of uh, opportunities for IT employees, uh, IT employees holding three uh, to four years of experience? Right. Uh, I, so, actually, to say opportunities for IT employees has two implications. One is what is the earning opportunity, which is like how much can I earn and where can I earn the most. The other is. uh what is the kind of ecosystem that exists there which gives me a lot of options and therefore i can i have a lot of option of really really high quality work i can keep moving around and keep doing really high quality work um there um in in comparison to us i mean when it comes to the pay scale i think pay scale wise um countries like i mean uh, or cities like zurich etc are are uh, fairly high on the pay scale and therefore uh for example google zurich pays almost the same amount or even slightly higher than what they pay in their uh, us office uh, when it comes to the cash component the stock component is slightly lower but um but the london, the, the, the I guess. london as well yes london as well as is high on the pay scale bit right. um however it's a very expensive city but <laughs> <laughs> but but it is very high on the pay scale I think uh, in terms of um, um the ecosystem ecosystem of 
companies that exist and like cutting edge work happening um compared to us there is a lot of really cutting edge work actually happening in israel but it's very hard to go to israel um but israel actually is the is a country where a lot of uh, very high tech companies emerged from um so a lot of high high tech work happening there india is actually not so bad at all i mean uh, compared to the us ecosystem like some of the top companies in india are doing great work um as well uh, especially because of the scale that india sees so that just gives a lot of lot lot of opportunities uh, china has done a great work in in it but again china is not very uh, foreigner friendly so so as as uh, indians we don't actually have an option to go and work in china mostly um and then there is uh, the london ecosystem or um, or the amsterdam ecosystem or singapore ecosystem or the australian ecosystem but those are still i mean emerging economies there is to be honest like there is a battle ongoing right now for the secondary silicon valley we will see which one emerges out to become the secondary silicon valley i think israel is the uh, there are many security companies that are emerging out of uh, israel and right right, uh, right. there are many in terms of scale i think uh, southeast asia especially indonesia uh, especially i think because of the gojek uh, right so they are also picking up right right i i think the, the revolution in southeast asia is primarily driven by the the competition between grab gojek tokopedia traveloka etc they have they've grown to become multiple power companies and they just have been fighting for talent so that that's been that's led to a surge in in the competition there but still not not at all at the same scale as india is yeah uh, uh, india is this is, is for people who just want to go out of india and uh, maybe right, experience right. a different lifestyle right 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 yeah, yeah indonesia is not a bad option at all uh, cool uh so He's basically a four-year experienced candidate and working in a pretty decent company. Goal is to move outside India. If you can, just maybe in a concise way, uh, pay, uh, paint a roadmap for people that these are the step one, step two, step three. Uh, right. Uh, if you have more than four-year experience and you're working in a pretty decent company, pretty decent product company, then to be honest, like your your uh, the path for you is much much easier. Um, I'll give you certain examples. So, example number one is uh, you apply directly to companies. So a lot of companies. I mean, so if you have more than four years of experience, even uh, cities like Zurich open up. Singapore is is would actually wants you. So, so getting into a company in Singapore is far easier. So, if you figure out again job opportunities that are relevant for you, uh, are able to apply to those, uh, most probably companies would be very happy to welcome you. Uh, the or the second path is like if you if you are pretty decent product company. has presence in countries outside of india then maybe figure out what is the path to take an internal transfer a lot of companies are actually open for that uh, for example an amazon or um, a microsoft would say that look if you're an sd2 if you get promoted then you can apply to various teams outside and uh, if those uh, teams accept then you get to a very minor interview and then you take the transfer uh next question is by puneet who's basically asking is does the designation uh, i think uh he's calling it downside opportunities but uh how uh how does the designation play uh, a role in you know getting an onsite opportunity right actually uh, so, so most 
I would not say on. I mean, so the 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 um, the dynamics of getting on site in a service company is very different from again like dynamics of getting to a directly to a job or taking an internal transfer in a product company. Um, if I address the latter, which is uh, how do I go directly to a company in 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 a country that is outside of India? There, the higher years of experience you have, the higher designation you have, the good, the better the quality of work you've done, the higher your probability. For example, uh, there are some companies that pose restriction on years of experience when it comes to work visa. Uh, for example, when, as I said, like Singapore, if you have less than two years of experience, it is significantly harder to get a work visa. Or Zurich or, or Switzerland does not even issue a work visa if you have less than four years of experience. However, as your years of experiences increase, there like companies are, uh, like countries are more open to have you, and therefore companies are also more open to have you. When it comes to service companies, I think they're like being able to get to onsite or not. That dynamic probably I'm not the best person to answer because I haven't gone through that dynamic myself. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot to do with where your client is, uh, what kind of people do they need onsite, and then how good. Of, or for terms are you with on with your manager maybe your manager actually sends you on onsite doesn't send you on onsite based on various parameters cool next uh, question is quite interesting so uh, competitive programming websites like code courses or code chef ratings does it matter in us or canada uh, we we'll, uh, since it's an uh, I'll, I'll break this question into two parts one uh, if he's applying for the online university uh, sorry universities uh, probably for a master's and then we'll talk about uh, the job outcomes as well uh, right yeah so i mean um, if you're applying for a master's then probably the code chef or code forces rating don't matter at all um, they they don't index on on that they would rather index on what you have done uh, in the past um, could be things that you have gone ahead and done uh, on your own for example uh, if you were working in a decent company that's that increases your chances uh, a lot more to get good scholarship um, so so code chef code forces rating maybe not so much for masters uh, for jobs again i mean uh, look i mean some companies if you're applying from india directly to a job in us canada and if you don't have a lot of experience chances are you'll not get shortlisted because um, for a recruiter in USA, <clears throat> they know that if even if they hire you, even if you're you're a gem of a person, gem of an engineer, finding a H-1B visa for you is significantly hard. So they won't uh, take the chance primarily for that reason. Even when it comes to Canada, uh, if you're applying directly to a company without any employee referral, etc., there also, I mean. Uh, like taking a chance on you amongst that big noise of people applying is it's it's very very hard the best chances when you're applying to a country outside of india apart from any of the ratings or the projects etc you've done is finding a connect who can help refer you as as mohit said if you can if you can uh, send a very personalized message to the hiring manager explaining why you are most relevant for the role why there is nobody better than you that might be more effective than just showcasing your code force or the code chef rating Uh, this question is about Scalar Academy. He is asking uh, if there is a version of Scalar Academy which can be done in three months or less. Primarily interested in DS algo. Uh, so, so I mean, in Scalar Academy, the DS algo portion it gets over in three months actually. 
um, and like they're basically modules, right? So you have DS algo, then there is CS fundamentals, then there is low-level design, then there is high-level design, and then there are projects. The DS algo piece gets over in the first three months. That being said, I mean to be honest, I have never encountered a person in Scalar Academy who says that the course is going slow. Everybody comes back and says that this is very overwhelming. It's very hard to manage along with jobs. It's just, uh, can I pause the course? We have a pause feature as well where you can pause the course for four weeks just to catch up. Um, we rarely encounter people who say that uh, the course is going slow uh, because it's fairly rigorous. So for those three months, you, to be honest, you'll have you'll find that you have nothing else to do. You're just focusing on this and this alone. If DSA is the only focus, DSA will be done in three months. So uh, this question is by Anshuman Sharma. Uh, he says that I'm working with a product-based company and I'm quite happy with the role in learning. Would it be wise to go to London as a dependent of my wife and find the job there? He's confused. Right. Uh, depends on, I mean, what I would say is instead of going to London, um, maybe apply for a few jobs in London uh, from here and try to see where, what kind of opportunities open up. If you get an offer from a great company, great. Um, if you are already in a company that has presence in London, maybe request your current company to give you an internal transport, at least talk to your manager, what is the path to get internal transport to London. Um, London is not a bad place at all. I mean, the software ecosystem is still great there. I mean, it probably isn't as uh, vibrant as is the Indian ecosystem today, but it still is, is, is great there. I mean, you can't go wrong with London. If you can find, however, don't, I would say that don't compromise with the quality of company and quality of work when you move to London. So therefore, I said either internal transfer or maybe start applying to companies, have a job offer and then move. Uh, I'm just searching for the new comment. Uh, so we'll take this question. So he's basically asking for any Asian country apart from India where he can do uh, MTech. So we have only co covered, uh, I think, masters only in the US. There are other countries uh, as well. So, is it wise to do masters from maybe EU region or Australia, Singapore, uh, any thoughts on that? But I think he's asking among the Asian countries. I, th I think among the Asian yeah. countries, Singapore, uh, um, NUS is, is actually National University of Singapore is actually good. So, in Singapore, if you do a masters, you can do that. However, I think uh, one of the things that the Singapore government does is. They, they offer a very large scholarship on the fees uh, and in turn ask you to stay back in Singapore for at least two years, three years, four years and do a job in Singapore. If you're okay with that, I mean, uh, a lot of colleges in Singapore are really great. So uh, I would I would recommend doing a master's from Singapore. Um, outside of Singapore, um, most other Asian countries, for example, if I look at Southeast Asia, they, they are not... Uh, they're not at the same stage yet. For example, India still has IITs and BITs. There is no equivalent of an IIT or a BITs in either Indonesia or Vietnam or Philippines. Uh, India probably has a better, a few colleges that are much, much better uh, as compared to the other Southeast Asian countries, except for Singapore. Right. Uh, so uh, he's basically asking, can uh, passing an interview is 
basically passing an interview in fun company versus competitive programming uh, which one is harder so uh, i have heard very different definitions of competitive programming i'll i'll tell you what competitive programming means to me uh, and then uh, we did a programming camp um, 10 years back when i was graduating to train people for acm icpc competition and uh, there we had prepared a curriculum and that curriculum was came with the assumption that hey look you're already good with data structures algorithm i give you on basic concepts i if i give you a problem you'll be able to solve it then what else is required to be actually good at competitive programming and there you had uh, within graphs like how do you find network flows uh, min cut um, articulation point bridges very similarly like uh, there was a there's a big section on computational geometry um where again convex hull is just the starting point there's just so much to be done within computational geometry as well um bunch of again a more advanced algorithm on advanced graph advanced strings etc which we probably never touch in data structures algorithm that to me is competitive programming there like getting questions around that and being able to solve that that is competitive programming uh, what we solve today which are just uh typical problems from binary search um trees etc that you find on lead code or interview bit that's not competitive programming and and then to be honest like to be able to crack interviews of most fang companies google is an exception but when it comes to facebook amazon microsoft adobe etc etc you don't need to know even the c of competitive programming in my definition you only need to be good with data structures and algorithm which means not just like knowing that this data structure exists being able to up, like given a random problem being able to identify that hey look maybe a tree works really good here let me apply tree in this problem uh if you if you have done that then you should be able to easily crack an amazon or a microsoft or a adobe interview google is slightly harder than the other counterparts um and and there for there maybe you need to do a little bit of competitive programming makes sense let's take our last question now uh, we almost answered most of the questions that we that were asked uh, he's asking whether the headquarters of you know uh, amazon microsoft and big tech companies in india uh, are doing as good as uh, as good work as their us counterparts right uh, so again the answer differs from company to company by the way there is there's still i mean the answer is yes maybe for some companies no maybe for other companies i'll tell you what the answer was 10 years back 10 years back for all all of these companies the indian counterparts were doing much much um, maybe not so good work uh, as compared to their us counterparts india was considered as the back office was not the primary market for any of these companies and therefore like uh, a lot of support work would come to india a lot of support projects maybe non core projects would come to india however that has changed very rapidly in the last 10 years or so primarily because for some of these companies india has become a prime market for example if you look at google google has launched google pay in india uh, google is building products for india and india alone and therefore like teams in india are driving that or for example if you look at amazon amazon is also building for the indian market now and therefore like some of the projects are driven from here and therefore the quality of work is slightly higher so the answer um, if you had asked me this question maybe 8 10 years back the answer would be yes 
none of the indian companies i mean none of the indian headquarters are doing the same quality of work as uh, the us headquarters the answer today is uh, yes for some no for some however there is one field where i mean there is cutting edge ai ml work happening that's probably not happening at the same scale as it's happening in the us i mean the, a lot of the ai labs uh, of companies they have whole and soul presence in the us and they don't have they haven't extended that to india yet any ai companies out of curiosity uh, i'm asking any ai or ml companies that you know in india are doing great work hmm uh, <laughs> i i i don't know maybe maybe there are maybe there are but i i don't know for sure i mean so uh, as, when it comes to look i mean one of the prerequisites of doing very very cutting edge machine learning work is that you should have access to huge abundance of data which probably others don't and because that gives you the edge that hey look i have access to this information i can now do cutting edge work and build things which maybe others might not be able to there are bunch of companies in india that have access to that kind of information for example i'm sure like sharechat would generate tons of data uh, zomato swiggy would generate tons of data flipkart would generate tons of data a uh, lot of companies on the b2c sites are working at at very very high scale and therefore they have access to that data what they are doing with that data and what is that resulting in that i i don't have visibility to yet right we, we still have to see something very cutting edge come from any of these companies so so therefore i'm not sure um, right. and i don't know all right uh, this uh, linkedin user is basically asking this question i think it's relevant for uh, you know uh, the times that we are living in will work right. for whom we continued long time to go for an abroad opportunity so have you heard about anyone who's basically uh shifted to a different region uh in uh these times right right so um, in fact there is a scalar student um he got a job offer with a company in germany which was uh, which was a uh, a company in the field of finance um they, and this job offer came exactly around the covid time the first wave of covid uh and uh, they held back the job offer for some time because of the ongoing pandemic they rolled out the offer around july august uh, and told the person that hey look you can work from home till this pandemic is going on and once this is over we'll we'll get your visa done and then you can come fortunately he was able to move to germany november december uh, last year when the wind wave second. was uh, yeah second wave had not occurred and the first wave was almost on the way down um however i mean um, if you till the pandemic is going on uh, and there is almost zero scope to get you moved over some companies are reluctant to hire some companies are open to hire some companies for example have the philosophy that uh, the, the future of the world is going to be remote and therefore they'll hire remote some companies are still not at terms with that and therefore they want some local presence i think that has opened up a market globally also i uh... right uh, many of the us companies are opening up uh, remote work i think airbnb if i'm not wrong somebody told me that airbnb specifically they don't have an office in india still they are uh, you know looking for developers who can work directly from india and because of that they uh, the pay scale also the desire to maintain a parity across all the locations the pay scale of indian developers is basically increasing and then uh, there are fun companies as well which are uh, actually hiring facebook london is hiring for example so uh, 
there are still companies which are hiring which you, where you can still apply and go but as you said uh, the number of companies and number of options uh, have uh, you know uh, reduced right right there there are another class of companies though, that are willing to hire people from india uh, almost on a semi freelancing semi job kind of a setup right like there are for example there is a website called turing.com that uh, hires a lot of remote developers uh, for us companies um, especially companies that can't afford to hire developers in the us themselves so there again you'll see that there is a lot of cost arbitrage and therefore you get paid much higher for those kind of options um, right that is still evolving however very very early stages uh, we'll take one last question pakka okay <laughs> So this is the last question. Uh, does testing has too good offer uh, comparable to development? I think the question is like, is does testing have a long term, have the same kind of long term horizon as development jobs too? Um, testing also, by the way, gets categorized into two parts. One is uh, one is what is called as manual testing, QA jobs, which are heavy on manual test testing, and then some bit of automation testing. And then there are jobs which are SDET, software development engineer in test. SDETs are very close to development jobs because you're actually always writing code. You're building these infrastructures slash frameworks for tests to happen. So you're actually a developer developer. It's just that you're not doing application. You're not building applications. You're building something else. So there I would say the, the long term horizon is similar and it doesn't really affect. Um, it's just that like the number of opportunities on very very high leadership levels are probably lesser as compared to development so therefore a lot of people tend to move from SDET to SD jobs uh, early on in the career or mid level of the career. QA uh, gets capped after uh, some point of time right because uh, as a there I mean the growth happens as a manager or managing very huge teams in the individual contribution capacity IC capacity a QA role gets capped on the pay scale that you get. Uh, developer would probably grow at a much, much faster pace with respect to pay scale. A QA would grow much, much slower. So um, if you're a QA, I mean, if you are an ambitious person, probably look to switch to an SDET role and then slowly to an SD role if possible, or maybe learn on your own time and then apply for SD jobs. That probably is a better decision. Um, SDETs have similar kind of horizon as SDs do. All right. Uh, let's end the questions here. Uh, and uh, I'd like to thank all the audience and uh, you, Anshuman, who took time uh, out of your busy schedule and helped all our students uh, and audience who have basically joined us. Uh, for our audience, we keep on doing such uh, live sessions, uh, right? Tomorrow, Abhimanyu, our other co founder, will be doing a session on. Uh, what are ESOPs basically? What are the typical components that are uh, there on the ESOP? So please join us tomorrow, uh, same time, 5 p.m. And uh, we'll probably have uh, sessions on how do you transition from a service-based company to a product-based company in future. So please uh, subscribe to our channel. And uh, if you have any uh, suggestions or doubts, please comment on this particular video. Uh, what topic you want us to, uh, you know, talk about? We can. Uh, we can incorporate that topic in our uh, upcoming pipeline. Thank you so much, uh, guys. Uh, Anshuman, if you want to say any la last word, I'll leave that to you. 
right uh, i think in conclusion I, all i would want to say is that a lot of our current behaviors are are created by what the masses are doing uh one of the reasons i mean masters in us got popular for the wrong reason the reason being that it it is a gateway for jobs in the us it is important to take a step back and see whether that makes sense for you because you're not what the masses are right so so um, there are multiple paths you draw out your own chart you draw out your own journey and and there is no no expiry limit be open to experimentation be open to learning something or the other might might turn up you, you'll still end up maybe um, uh, in a with, with a better path than others have taken right so that that will that would be my concluding statement uh, thank you so much everybody for joining us uh, look forward to doing more of these kind of sessions with you thank you so much guys thank you so much guys thank you anshuman bye 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 bye